Welcome to our very, very first episode of A Figure Focus. My name is Ephraim Ekbelli, CPA, and I am Managing Director and Founder of EFS Group LLC, an accounting and advisory firm that helps you manage your money so you can scale your business with confidence. Also founder of A Figure Focus, this amazing podcast. And before we get into our episode today, I want to talk really, really, really quickly about A Figure Focus. When I think about A Figures, right, I think about leveling up your business, right, because there's a certain way that you um, can handle your business to get to six figures, then you have to elevate to get to seven. How can you get to eight, right? I'm not there yet, but I feel like in order to get there, I feel like I have to operate at an even higher level than what I'm currently operating at right now. And there's a lot of business owners that are currently uh, not at eight. They might be at seven or six, but they have aspirations to get to eight. And so this podcast, we're here to uncover a lot of the things that we go through every day in business and things that can help us to elevate our business. So with that being said, I want to introduce my uh, interviewee today. Uh, she's very special to my heart. She is my better half, right? Um, Rita Eggbelly, how are you? I'm doing great. Really excited to be here. I'm, I'm happy that you are <laughs> here because I know it was like a long back and forth of getting you here and everything, yes. you know? And um, you're finally here. You just came off of having COVID. How are you feeling? Feeling much better. Uh, today, well, yesterday was my first day out after quarantining, uh, but I feel much better. I love it. I love it. Uh, one of the reasons why I wanted you to be the very first episode, obviously, you know, as my wife, um, you've seen so many things, you know, in your time in business with me. and. Um, you know, I think you have a unique perspective, right? Because business is not something that you wanted to jump into from the very beginning. You kind of, you kind of just made your way in, you know, um, in like a back way <laughs> in or whatnot. So Pretty talk about, before we jump into that, talk about like where you're from, who are you, you know? Sure. Um, so I grew up in Nigeria, so in Lagos specifically. Um, went to, did, you know, primary, what, elementary here. Um, high school and then um, started a little bit of college and then um, my parents approached me and they're like are you interested in going abroad you know come to the US for your you know for your um, for your university or for college and I was like sure so I was like 18 19 had no clue what to expect um, but I just knew it would be an adventure on its own so came here, um, did college. I went to a small um, university in Pittsburgh. No one knows about it. It's called Slippery Rock University. I was there for about two years. Um, wanted to have more of a big city feel um, for my college experience. And so I transferred to Howard University. The best experience ever. Um, and um, so I finished my undergrad and my, um, and my MBA at Howard. Um, and started working in the DMV area. Um, that's when I met you. Um, right. And um, moved to Houston, you know, once we uh, got engaged. And, you know, like they say, the rest is history. The rest is, has been history. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are. What is it? Um, how many years later? It's like, like 16. Like 16 years. It feels right. Mm. It, it, it feels like it's gone by so quickly. I know. You know, and um, you know, it's it's been a blessing, yes. you know. Um so you're from Nigeria, mm -hmm. right? And how was the transition of you coming from Nigeria to the United States and 
because when you came here, I'm assuming you didn't know a bunch of people. Right. Right, so how was that transition? So when I moved, my aunt was here. She was in New York. Um, and so I knew I always had her um, as a resource, um, but I, I was in school in Pittsburgh, so I didn't know anyone in Pittsburgh. And it was really cold. Uh, when I came in January of 2002. Oh, you came in January. <laughs> I came in January of 2002. It was snowing. And it was like, that was my first time like experiencing snow because usually we we've been I'd been here to the states a couple of times but it was in the summertime you know and so you I never had experienced that type of snow so um, when my mom left to go back to Nigeria she dropped me she left it was it was a culture shock like how long was she with you before she left yeah you know, like two days even if that two only, days I think she spent a week in Slippery Rock but I I couldn't really see her because um, not like we had cars or anything like that. Mm. Um, so yes, so it was a culture shock in terms of how things are being done here and how I was, you know, was w what I was exposed to when I was in Lagos. Um, so I had a lot of things that I had to work on. I had to work on my accent. I don't sound like how I did <laughs> when I first came. I had to do a lot of work on that. Um, so yes, it was, it was very different. The weather, um, just even when I first came, People that uh, you know came across, they were much older. And growing up, you're supposed to say "sa," "ma," like you know, yeah. the type of things. And um, you know, when I talk to them, they're like, "Yo, call me John. Call me." So I'm just looking like, "No, I'm not supposed to call you John. Right. Like, that is too weird." But um, I got it over very quickly after like a year. You get used to the system. And I mean, I've been here like 22 years now, which is crazy to me. Right. Wow. wow. Did you, uh, how was it handling, you know, obviously a new environment, but mm -hmm. then also school and also the social aspect right. of everything? So when I first came in Slippery Rock, it was, um, it was, a, it was different because I had to figure out the system. I had to figure out how things work. Um, when do I study? How do I study? Um, I was on my own for the first time with no, you know, no one telling me what to do or how to do it, no structure. So I think there was those, those first two years in Slippery Rock was me just trying to figure things out. But by the time I moved to Howard, I was I'd already figured out the system. I knew what to do, when to do my schoolwork. Um, I knew when to um, how hard to work at the beginning of the semester. So by the end of the semester, I was just coasting. I didn't need to work as hard. I already knew what my grades were going to look like. Um, and so it was easier, like at Howard, like for me to just kind of get through um, my last you know, t two years for undergrad and my MBA. Um, but I think Sleepy Rock was where I had to learn. Like it was a l huge learning period for me um, to kind of figure out, okay, I need to have structure. What does that structure look like? Especially, you know, you're going to class. When do you do your homework? When do you study? Mm -hmm. You know, that type of thing. Interesting. And then, so you graduated from Howard. Yes. Then what was the next thing that happened? So I started working for one of the big four accounting firms, um, uh, PricewaterhouseCoopers. Um, and it was in the DMV area. And um, I, I knew, like, when I started working there, I had a goal. I wanted to be um, one of those, because I'd interned there for, like, three or four years prior. So I kind of already knew how things worked. Um, and so when I came, I knew I wanted to be rated highly. I knew I wanted to um, make partner. That was my goal. I wanted to make partner. Um, and, and so I just kind of put my head down and just did the work. 
um, I think that's around the time I met you or I started talking to you. Right. So um, we spent a lot of time like talking and chatting because we worked for the same company, yeah. but in different cities. So we would um, use, what was it, same? Same time. Same time. Yeah. We would use same time. We would chat all day. Um, but it was, to me, my experience at PricewaterhouseCoopers was, from a career standpoint, one of the best experiences I've had working in corporate America um, in the DMV area. Um, I, I learned a lot. It was when I grew as a professional, when I learned like how to um, maneuver, put the politics in corporate America. Right. Um, so it was a great training ground. I grew so much as a professional. Um, and I feel like I haven't learned a lot more than what I did when I was there for about seven years. Right, because you were exposed to so many different industries. Yep. Um, the thing that I really liked about public accounting was that you weren't just working on one mm -hmm. set of, um, let's say, accounts. Yes. Right? You were able to, like, audit, like, the full spectrum of financial statements. Yes. You know, depending upon what client you were on. Yes. And then you could be in one industry today, another industry tomorrow. And so by the time you end up leaving public accounting, depending upon how long you've been there, you've mm -hmm. had all this experience that you can now take to wherever you're going to next. Yes. You know, so that that's the one thing that I can really, that I value, you know, from being in public accounting as well. Totally agree. You know, and so, you know, like you said, when you, when we met, that was kind of like right before you had started mm -hmm. at PwC. Mm -hmm. I was at PwC as well. Mm -hmm. Right, and then you know we would communicate via same time throughout the day. Yeah, to the point where I wasn't really working. You weren't. I was working. <laughs> I, don't <know. laughs> I don't know about you. I was getting my work done. <laughs> right. So you know, I unfortunately was let go in 2009. Mm -hmm. We were dating at that time, right? Mm -hmm. So talk about how that was for you. Like when you saw me going through that, what was going through your mind? It was hard because uh, you know. I'd, I'd never dated someone who lost their job, and we were dating seriously. We were like two years in. So at that point, I think we knew that this was going to be my partner. Um, so we should have been, like, started having those um, deeper conversations and plans and all that type of thing. After two years? During that period, yeah. Okay. We, I think we had, no? You don't remember? No, I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> some people might say two years is early, but, you know. I mean, it was early, but, I mean, we knew early on yeah. that you were going to be my person, and so, and vice versa. And right. so, I mean, you just kind of drag things on because you're not financially ready or, you know, those type of things. So when that happened, I was like, okay, well, it was trying to figure out how to support you because I think that really hits you really bad um, in terms of just you figuring out, like, okay, what's next? What does it look like for me to do next? And you were looking for jobs. You were, like, trying to putting your resume out there. You wanted to get back into corporate. Like, it wasn't like mm -hmm. that was it. You know, so you were doing all that you had to do to do that. Um, so, I mean, I was trying to support you during that part, like, I think, help you put your resumes, you know, up or just whatever, right? right. Um, so there was that part of it. Uh, but then on the flip side, it was like, crap, or can I see? Is that okay? Yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> it was like, you know, this, uh, any plans we have to get married anytime soon is not going to happen because he has to figure this stuff out and who knows how long it's going to take. So having to, like, step back and not pressure you or even make that even a thing, mm -hmm. And just truly think about, like, how can I support him and just truly be here for him 
um, I think was just what I was thinking about at that time. Did you ever um, have in mind that I think I'm ready to leave, you know, now that he doesn't have a job? Like, did that ever cross your, your mind? No. Interesting. Okay. It's good. <laughs> like to leave uh, PwC? No, to leave me. To oh, like no. Break that up. Was, that was not... Is that... That that wasn't even a thing. Why would I break up with you just I'm, because it, you lost your job? It happens. People do that? People do that, yes. Okay, well, <laughs> that wasn't an option. It, it was just a, you know, a, a, an obstacle in the or, road. Or people may not do that, like, immediately, mm -hmm. right? But depending upon how long it takes for that person to rebound, mm -hmm. I could see, you know, someone saying, you know what, I don't necessarily want to stick around and be a part of this. Gotcha. And that's fair. Right. Right, I feel. So, you know, I could definitely see how that could happen. But I'm obviously, you stuck it out, and here we are. Here we are. Today. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that was 2009 when all that happened. Yep. Then, you know, obviously started a business then. Um, you were not in it. No. But you pretty much were there throughout the whole thing. You saw everything, how it progressed, you know, um, how it was in 2009 when it first started, and then now where it is now. Um, so did you ever at any point in your mind think that you were going to be in entrepreneurship? No. Um, I grew up in a household where my parents worked for a company for 30, over 30 years. Reputable They're companies Reputable too. companies. Yeah. They retired from those companies. So my mind is like you go to work, you work for your one company, and you retire, you know, once you're ready to be done. And so... Um, when you decide to go on this entrepreneurship route, because when I met you, you were working for a company, it was like, okay, this is different. Um, Did that scare you? Of course. But I had my job. So I knew, like, regardless, like, we would be, you know, we would be good if the entrepreneurship route didn't go, like, you know, like we planned, that we could always fall back on my job. So I think what really scared me is when I decided to let go of my job when we mm. had the boys. And then it's like, you know, there's no safety net. There's nothing to fall back on. This had better work. Right. Mm -hmm. So you said, I remember, so at TSP, mm -hmm. when we spoke, um, Lamar had us come on stage afterwards, mm -hmm. like at the night session, to talk to the crowd with him right. and Ronnie. And one of the things that you said during that time was that you had wanted to join the company. Right. But I didn't want you to. Yes. Right. Which was true. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and it wasn't not necessarily have anything to do with you. It had to do with my ego mm -hmm. at that time, right? And I was thinking, I don't necessarily want her to be a part of this because I want to make it to wherever I'm trying to go, which I had no idea where I was <laughs> trying to go. But I want to do it by myself right. and so I can say that I'm amazing in my mind, right? right? And, you know, it wasn't until you came in, you know, in 2019. Mm -hmm. That was when you, you know, officially left corporate. Yeah. That was about a few months after we had the boys, Elijah mm -hmm. and Elion, Yep. right? Where we decided, you know what? It makes sense for you to be a part of EFS group, Yeah. right? And so when you came in, you were able to really take care of a lot of things that I was lacking in, right? right? A lot of the areas that I was weak in, you were able to plug in and be that person. And, you know, what was going through my mind was, why didn't I do this a long time ago? Mm -hmm. Like, how dumb of me to really say that, you know? Mm -hmm. But I think that, it's important that we talk about this because you have other people that might be going through that same thing and they may not even be going through it from a standpoint of I want to um, massage my ego but it might be a situation where it's like I don't want to work with my partner because I could see us clashing clashing butting heads and potentially splitting right 
right? But we do clash. All the time. <laughs> yes. So I don't want to make it seem like, you know, it's all, you know, beds and roses and it's all beautiful. It is. And there are parts of it that, that, is, be- that it is beautiful, but there are parts that are, are hard, where mm-hmm. we are clashing, where um, I feel like in the house, you're the head of the family and I let you be the head because I don't feel like, I don't believe two people can be the head. So you're the head in the home, but then in the business, you're still the head, but I feel like my input is also important. It's definitely important. In terms of the direction of where the company is going. So I usually put my foot down on certain things or I push back on certain things. At the end, you still make the ultimate decision because you're the CEO. Um, But I always like, you know, have my feedback and my comments and, you know, and we always clash. Um, but I think we figure, try to figure out like how to work, you know, together in the company and how to work, um, so, so that it doesn't overflow into our, like our personal lives. Right. I think that's so important to like really figure out mm-hmm. if you're a couple that's, you know, doing business together, how do you coexist in the business and then try to find a way to shut it off and keep, make sure that your relationship is flowing. Right. You know, and I think that's a challenge because for me, I don't sometimes know how to turn it off, right? So even at nighttime, I might you be don't still... Know. It's not sometimes. You don't know how to turn <laughs> it off. But keep going. <laughs> so there's times where I might have want to have a conversation mm-hmm. around something that happened that day, mm-hmm. and you're like out of it. Like, I really don't want to talk yep. about it, right? Which is un- understandable because business is not something that you initially wanted to be a part of. Correct. It kind of just happened. Um, so I, I definitely can get that and understand that. Um, how would you say your personality is? If someone was to ask you, are you an introvert? Are you extroverted? So I'm a, I'm more of an introvert. Um, so I, you know, I guess if there's a spectrum, I'm not all the way to the left, but I am an introvert. I love me time. I love quiet. Um, I'm always like, oh, I actually like them. You know, I'm always surprised when I <laughs> enjoy meeting people. But I I love meeting people. Um, and developing relationships. I'm not the one, I'm not like you where, you know, you know a thousand people. Um, But I love my clique or my small group of friends that I love and adore and, you know, do life with and I'm content with that. Um, But I'm I'm definitely one of an introvert compared to you, for sure. I can see that. And I, for me, have you always been that way though? Yeah. From like, when you were young to now yeah okay for me i don't really i know that i was like a real shy person growing Mm -hmm. up you know but was i introverted i'm not for sure maybe people that know me would be able to tell me better Mm -hmm. um but i know that when i got to college that was when everything changed Mm -hmm. and i was like i can't just be how i used to be because that's not going to get me far in life you know you still show some of the introvert, like, you know, we would be at dinner or something with, the, you know, a small group of people, and you're not even talking to anyone. I am the one that's, like, talking. I'm like, babe, why not, you know, <laughs> you're looking right. at me like, I don't want to talk. Right. Um, so I see those glimpses. Um. Because sometimes you, sometimes <laughs> you want to be off, you mm-hmm. know. You don't want to always be mm-hmm. on. Yep. And then sometimes it just might be the mood that you're in or the vibe that you're feeling. Right. You know, and, um, you know, for me... Whenever I meet new people, I fill them out first before I show them all of me, right? right? Because all of me might be too much for people to handle, <laughs> I feel. 
you know, and I think people that follow me on Instagram kind of get a glimpse of me from time to time mm-hmm. with some of the things I post. Right. But, um, you know, so it might be too much for some people. Right. Right. So, okay, you would say that you are 75% intro? Mm-hmm. Okay. 60, 65. 60, oh, 60. So now you're like in the middle. <laughs> Closer. I'm not in the middle. I'm probably somewhere in between the middle mm-hmm. and 75%. Okay. And you spoke about some of the things that you like. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that you said was that you have, you know, some very close-knit circle of homegirls mm-hmm. that you like to spend time with, like to travel with them. Yes. Um, you like me time. Yes. You know, books, reading. Books, reading. Working out. Working out, for sure. Lifetime. <laughs> You're going to put that on your podcast. I am going to put it on there. <laughs> yes. I love Lifetime. You can Tyler judge Perry me. movies. Yeah. I don't even watch Tyler Perry movies as much, but I love love. Does he still make them? I think so. I don't know. I haven't seen them in a while, but... I love love, and I love everything to do with love. So, yeah, totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that I missed out on? I love my babies, my boys. Um, love spending time with you. And it's, it's not even in the, oh, let's travel and make this into a thing. It's just at home. We're all just hanging out, chilling. Mm-hmm. We're, all, we're really very simple people. Very um, simple, yeah. <laughs> and so just hanging out at home uh, and just... Um, watching a good documentary or, you know, um, I think those are my favorite things. Let's fast forward to business, right? Because mm-hmm. that's what this podcast is about. Yes. Um, so you joined the company in 2019, and it's not a coincidence that in 2019 we had a really good year, and in 2020 it went up, and in 2021 it went up even more, mm-hmm. right? And I feel like you definitely played a large role in that. And then obviously we had team members that came in yes. to the company as well mm-hmm. that were very key and that helped um, the company expand as well. <clears throat> One of the things that we went through, that everybody went through um, in 2020 was COVID-19, the pandemic. Yes. Right? And um, we all were locked up in the house, right? And for us, we were already a virtual company, pretty much mm-hmm. like I want to say 90%. And so for us, we were able to accelerate the business. There was a lot of business that was coming our direction, a lot of clients. Right. We were able to handle a lot of that work, and it was coming, right? Because you have, during that time, you had the tax season that was going on. Mm-hmm. You had COVID that hit, like, March 15th, mm-hmm. right? So then you had PPP loans that needed to be processed, EIDL. All kinds of things were going on, and a lot of accountants probably were denying a lot of that. They were saying, you know what, I don't really want to focus on that. Right. We were crazy enough to take all of that in. Mm-hmm. But, oh, I was, okay. Mm-hmm. But all of this was happening while we had no daycares open. Mm-hmm. So we had both of our boys in the house with us, and they were, what, one years old, mm-hmm. right? Or one and some change. Mm-hmm. How was that for you, like, that whole year, like, working, mommying, you know, and not really being able to go out, not being able to get your hair done, you know, just all the craziness that was happening. Right. No, it was insane. Um, it's very, very hard period in in our lives as a married couple. Um, and because everything was happening all around the same time, I was doing, because I'm in charge of the boys, right? So everything with the boys at that time. I was getting them ready for school, um, get, um, dressing them, getting their food, 
dropping them off at daycare, picking them up. Like, so I was doing everything boy-related so that you could focus on driving the company and getting it where it needed to be. Um, but I was drowning because guess what? Outside of those things, I was also helping with the company. I would wake up, mm -hmm. like, super early to be able to get a couple hours of work in. And then I would, I usually went to bed early. But because of that, I compensated by waking up early. And then I would work when the boys were in daycare. So I was constantly, like, moving. And um, I think I talked to one of my friends. Um, and she was like, why don't you just talk to Ephraim? Like, he's very reasonable. Um, and just ask for support. And I, I think we had a conversation. I was like, man, if we're really going to make it out of this period, like, <laughs> you know, in the best, best place possible, I need your help. And I think you jumped in and you're just like, okay, um, how, how can I help? Like, let me know, uh, tell me. And so I think that's when we divvied up, okay, you would handle their bath time. And I think since then, you're the one that bathes them at night. You're the one, you, we split up the dropping off and picking up. So I think you do, we split it depending on the season. Um, but you know, we, you had to step up and really help me um, in the house. Um, and I think that helped like since that time like I felt okay. I feel better I don't feel as exhausted every day. I still felt exhausted, but it wasn't as bad um, I think that's how we made it and we just literally took it day by day You know like right. every day we'll just get through today and then we'll start again tomorrow and I think just because if you looked too far ahead it just got overwhelming um, and you know at some point daycares open back up at some point you know life turned you know started to get easier um but yeah it was just a day-by-day -day thing it was I, I definitely remember that period um i remember how hairy i was <laughs> <laughs> you know everyone was saying yep. that i looked like um denzel and um, he got game or mm -hmm. whatever during that time like just facial hair just hair all over the place and yes it was a blur right because you're working and then you're also balancing the kids. You're on Zoom meetings. Kids are everywhere in the background tearing stuff up. Yes. And you're literally just like waking up, working, going to bed, waking up, working, going to bed. That was it. That was it. You know, and, oh, and some house party. <laughs> you were in house party. Right. I didn't even have the bandwidth for any of those. But, yeah, right. for sure. But I think a lot of people during that time was actually kind of happy that everything kind of shut down and slowed down. Mm-hmm. You know, because for some, for for many, you get the opportunity to like just sit still, right? And we didn't ever really got that opportunity to sit still, you know. We did so not. I guess that that was a negative, mm -hmm. but then the positive was that it accelerated where we are now with the yes, business. For sure, I think that season we just kind of zoned in, and it was just um, we're getting the right clients, we're getting um, we had the right team that could really support what we were doing. You focused being on being more of the visionary. We started to get you out of the weeds of the company. Um, and having people understand that like now there's a team. We started pricing appropriately. So we started doing the right things at the right time. Like honestly, I feel like in business, you'd been in it for like 10 years or so at that point. Mm -hmm. um, in business, I feel like you're going, um, You're sometimes, I feel like you try to figure it out yourself for the most part. You didn't get a coach early, like all of that, right? If you stay in it hard and long enough, you'll, uh, you'll get to a point where all of the moving parts have to happen magically, it feels like, at the same time 
for you to start to get to that next level, mm -hmm. right? Like everything, like how, what are the odds I left in 2019 to help? Right. What are the odds that the pandemic hit like the next year? What are the odds that now they're all this, people now want to get their books in order. So now they're seeking the right people to help them. You know, like everything just had to happen at the same, around the same time um, in order to like, and I feel like that's what helped us to accelerate um, to get to where we are now. I could definitely agree. Um, I'm sure people want to know, how is it working with me? You know, as, you know, obviously we spoke about that earlier, right. you know, that obviously there's some challenges, right? But like, how is my personality to work with? And I think one of the reasons why we work so well is that our personalities are different. Right. You know, and that I can be all over the place and you're more centered. You know, you have your moments, obviously, but, <laughs> you know, you're more centered mm -hmm. and you're like, you know what, I'm going to let him do whatever. I'm not even going to pay attention to all his antics right. and everything that he has going on. Right. No. So you're like, it's a, I don't know what word to use for you, but you are scattered. Like you visionaries and people who like, they would like have a vision and it's like, okay, let's go this way first. And then, no, that didn't work. Let's go that way. And then this way and then that. And then. But there are all these repercussions that happen as a result of all those decisions that you, you, you made the team or the, the company go towards um, because there was no real planning involved or anything mm -hmm. like that. So I felt like I spent a lot of time p picking up pieces of things that decisions that we didn't think through or didn't really like, you know, um, just really flush out. Um, and the team does too. And so. I try to rein you in as much as I can, but then also, that's not you are you're a free bird. Like you need to fly, so I need to let you also do that as well. As so I have to find a balance with like when when are the times where I'm going to be like Ephraim? We need to stop. Like we need to, you know, or do I say let him fly and we'll figure? You know, th this I feel you know this whatever this decision falls out, we'll figure it out and you know figure out how to um, make it work. And so I think that's how we balance each other out, where it's like, you know, you're, you're the visionary. You see things we don't see. Like, where we are now, you saw it, like, 10 years ago. It took me, like, until two years ago to actually catch up and be like, man, we can actually do this type of numbers. We can actually work with this type of clients. And um, it takes me a lot longer to catch up. But you see things that we can't. Um, and But what I help you to do is... Um, implement or figure out how to implement and drive um, to that vision um, with the right people. We have a great team. I would never, like, I think we've been blessed with some really good people. Yeah. And so they help me drive and implement so that we can get to your vision. Um, and it's not easy because, um, again, we're so different, but I think that's why it also works. I love it. Um, yeah, I can... I'm definitely scattered, <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, my eyes water, but I, I definitely can be scattered um, and I can see how it would be hard to work with someone like myself, you know, because one day I could be saying, you know what, let's do this. Mm -hmm. Then the next minute I'm like, you know what, let's scratch all that and let's do this, right. you know, and I can, I'm sure that drives people crazy. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and we even have clients that do the same thing. <laughs> so it's funny because... You know, internally, we'll talk about that with some of our clients 
but then we we do the same thing. Mm -hmm. We don't even realize it. Yep. You know, so you know, I'm I'm definitely aware, and I'm trying to get better mm -hmm. at that. I wanted to circle back to the conversation we were having right before this one, mm -hmm. when you mentioned that, you know, you were taking care of the kids and doing a lot during the pandemic, and I'm sure a lot of um, people were, in, a lot of women, especially, were in that situation where yeah. a lot of that fell on them, you know. And I remember when you did come to me and you were like, you know what, I need your help more, you know. And in my mind, I'm glad I was happy that you communicated that because. You know, for us guys at times, you know, we feel like we, we're probably doing enough right. or a lot. And until it's communicated that, hey, you're doing well, but I need you to do even more, you know, it's that's important. I think a lot of times um, partners don't really talk about those type of things. Mm -hmm. And then you're expecting that person to just read your mind and kind of know what you need, right. you know. So I appreciate the fact that you um, have said that and you continue to say that, mm -hmm. you know. Um, it can be challenging, obviously, being an entrepreneur and you have all these responsibilities once your business has gotten to a certain place. But you have to put your family as priority. You have to find a way to balance all those things. Yes. Right? So you have to start saying no to a lot of people. And that was one thing that I had to do. I had to learn how to say no mm -hmm. and be comfortable with what may come out of it if I was to say no. Right. You know, because normally I'm a person that just kind of you know, people pleasing here and there, but saying no has helped because at the end of the day, your family is the most important thing. That's your priority as a man or a woman, right? And if your house is not happy, then that will affect you internally, you know? So I appreciate you for that. Um, my next question for you is, what is the biggest challenge that you faced being in business, in your opinion? What is the biggest challenge that I've faced? Since coming into the, the business? Um, honestly, I think it's thinking small. Mm, that's a good one. Yeah. Thinking small? Yeah, because I feel like I never thought we could hit seven figures in business. Um, I mean, I knew we could, but I. But then, I, my actions weren't like feeding that. Like you think that, oh, I we can do that, but you're not really. You're you're still like putting yourself into a small box where it's like when we had to charge clients more, and I was one of the, I was I pushed back on that like. Ephraim, don't let's do that. Like, we're going to lose all these clients. Like, you know, let's try to work with some people. And, you know, like, but you were like, once you got comfortable and you had made up your mind that you're going to charge people um, in order to reflect the level of service that we were asking, you know, that we were scaling up to, and for the fact that now we had a team of people, um, the pricing had to reflect that. And so when you, like, that just scared me because I was like, we're going to lose all our clients. We're, you know, but I didn't think about, like, okay, yes, we'll lose the wrong clients, but we'll gain the right clients. Right. People who will see our value and will be willing to pay for um, their money's worth. So, I, so even though I was like, okay, yes, you were like, okay, babe, this is our goal. This is where we're driving towards. I'm like, okay, yes. Um, I don't, internally, I don't know if, like, I, you know, like I was there mentally. Mm. Um, and I think it, the, once you figure out the mental part of it and 
you don't have any, you're not in any type of box, the sky really is the limit. Yeah. It really is the limit. Because now we have a new goal, and, and now I'm just like, yeah, we could do that. And in my mind, I'm just like, okay, how do we, how do we break, out, break up our numbers for that to happen? Right. And then now we kind of just drive those different pieces. But um, I think that was the biggest thing for me um, with entrepreneurship. That's a really, really good one. Um, because in, with what we do, a lot of the clients that we work with, you know, a lot of them have grand like goals and ideas. Mm -hmm. And then you do have a handful that are struggling yeah. with thinking bigger. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, that's part of what our job is to come in and say, no, no, you actually can do bigger. Mm -hmm. So we're telling everybody that you can do bigger and you can do more. Why are we not telling ourselves Exactly. That, right? We're always the last to, <laughs> to do what we tell our clients to do. Right. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned about raising prices, right? And I think that a lot of times, you know, we charge less or we charge lower because A, we don't know, and then B, we're scared, not only that we'll lose clients, but you're scared to rise to that level that you need to be at to charge those prices. Right. Right. Or you feel like you need to be there before you charge those prices. That part. You know, and, um, you know, you see a lot of people in the beauty industry, right? Whether you cut hair or you style hair, they're probably going through that same thing you see people that do all kinds of services that are probably going through that same thing mm -hmm. but it's so key that you have to like make that switch first off you might even be charging enough and you right. may not realize it right but if you're not charging enough how are you going to increase the prices and then what do you also what value are you also going to bring along with that price increase mm -hmm. for it to make sense to the consumer because consumers will pay for what they value right and if you're bringing value they're going to pay for it yes and if you're solving a problem that they have mm -hmm. a problem that's been nagging them you know and i feel like that's what we do what we're great at mm -hmm. are we perfect no we're not perfect we're always working every day to always get to that level of perfection clients know that that uh, or should know that we're always working towards leveling up and getting to that next level yes we're know? never satisfied Especially you, you're never satisfied and you're always pushing us as a team to be like, okay, why are we thinking differently about this? Like, why aren't we, like, why are we just in this small box? Like, let's look mm -hmm. a different way or, you know, handle this a different way to get, you know, the, the result that we're trying to get. So, no, for sure. We're definitely always working towards that level of excellence. What's the, what's the number one thing that you don't like about business? Um, the uncertainty. Um, one day you're doing great, and then the next, it could be like you know, you could be going completely left, yeah. um, and it's scary. It's a, it's very uphill, um, downhill type of situation. Um, I remember specifically. I think this was during the pandemic, and um, I've never seen you like that since then. But <laughs> it was one of those days where maybe we had a couple of clients cancel around the same time mm. and you were having a mini breakdown <laughs> <laughs> you were, it was like straight up mini breakdown like you're like what's going on why is there you know and you were just like losing it uh, and it was one of those times where i was just like okay so how do i even help him i thought it was hilarious but i couldn't laugh because no you laughed <laughs> you definitely laughed as you're laughing now 
but I remember that you were just so upset. But then maybe like a week after that, maybe a month after that, that we probably had like five clients sign up, right? And so you were on a high. And you were on a high, like, after that and after that. I mean, luckily for us, it was it went up and up. But my case in point is that it's so up and down and it's so stressful. Um, like, even till now, like, if I get an email, I'm always thinking it's a negative email from a client. We probably get those far and in between, um, mm -hmm. at least far and in between enough where it's not an issue. But because I'm so conditioned to, like, oh, man, I'm about to pick up an email and it's about to be negative and like it literally gives me like stress or anxiety and um this year i had to like reshift my work balance so that like i'm not always like you know on, like stressed because of those type of emails so that's the worst part of it that i do not like the uncertainty yes and you know i've i've learned that whenever you might have some like angst from a client. It may not necessarily be you. Mm -hmm. It may be something that they're going through in their business, in their personal life. Um, someone might have died. They might have lost some clients. You know, their numbers may not look as great as it once was. Their right. sales might be down. Whatever it is, there's something that's um, deeper that they might be going through that is probably um, impacting how they're interacting with us. Right. And, you know, it's real easy to take that personal, um, but you can also choose to look at it from a different perspective. And that's what I choose to do, you know. But that, that's a good one, uncertainty. Where do you see yourself in the future? Like, do you see yourself being an entrepreneur forever? So I, what I will say is I don't see myself going back to corporate that I know for sure. Um, I don't think there's anything that they could give to me that would um, surpass like what we're doing here at EFS. Do you feel like there was some unfinished business in corporate? I always feel like you know could I have gone higher, um, particularly at PwC. I don't. The other stuff I did after those were good, but I think I was just burnt out at PwC and and. I could have done something different internally instead of leaving because I really did like the company. Mm. Um, but I feel like, you know, could I have gone higher? I always questioned, could I have even gone to the partner level, um, maybe my partner director, because now my, my peers are now Our becoming directors and, directors and partners. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I always kind of sometimes just, you know, think about it. But, I mean, the perks of what we do for ourselves and the legacy that we're building for our, uh, ourselves and our children, our children's children, it's just, it just doesn't match up, you know? Yeah. So I don't see myself going back to corporate, but I, I just don't know in what capacity I would still be an entrepreneur. Right. Um, I just know in this season I have been, I feel like my calling is to help you help your passion for what you're trying to do in our community, um, help drive that. I don't know when that season will end. Um, is it coming to an end? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just don't know. I, you know, I try, I, I've tried, I feel like I do a good job now than when we first started dating in terms of communicating how I'm feeling, this is what I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. um, and so you, you always, you're always in the loop of, okay, 
she's she needs like a mental break or something so that's cool or just whatever the case may be because this is this whole thing is more you than it is me we need to talk about that because there's times where you um say babe i would like to take a mental day or whatever <laughs> right so that mental day might be i want to go let's say to austin or something and mm -hmm. just be on my own i want to go to a hotel mm -hmm. like how important is that to you that's huge huge to me huge um just because of how i'm a because of my of the because i'm an introvert i feel like my um my energy gets depleted quickly by me i guess or? by you <laughs> <laughs> by my kids by the clients by the team um and i just need like to be re like just be in my own space and replenish um and so I usually, that, that's my thing. I would love to, yeah, like, just give me two or three days. Let me just go. I'll be back. You'll be better for it because you let, you know, that you allowed it to happen. Um, and usually when I go and come back, am I not, like, happier? And You're refreshed. I'm refreshed, yeah. Reinvigorated. That's the word. And it's like, okay, let's go. I'm ready. And then it's like, ah, I got to go again. You know, it's kind yeah. of like I need my batteries put back on. Yeah. I don't know if there are a lot of people like me, but. I definitely I've seen it I've seen it a lot on social media where you know a lot of the women are talking about and even some guys mm -hmm. like I would love you know what's crazy I've seen people say it would be dope to be married and but live in two separate houses like mm -hmm. interesting yeah I for me I don't think that would work that would work with me but wherever you're going we're going <laughs> <laughs> but for a lot of people I've seen people say that mm -hmm. right and um you're starting to see people speak up more about mental health and and saying, hey, I need this time away. I need this. I need that. Yes. I need my, my girls' trips. I need, need my girls some trips. times away from the children. Yes. You know, You know, like when we started dating, I was already going on the girls' trips, right? Mm -hmm. Remember we talked about it? I'm like, this is not going to end. Um, I remember, yeah, I think I remember you saying that. I was like, you know, are you okay if even when we were married and I got to go on my girls' trip that you're okay with me doing it? And you're like, oh, yeah, sure. I, I think you didn't. I didn't know it was going to be several. <laughs> Because you have several different circles of girls, so I didn't know it was going to be <laughs> girls' trips for each circle. But um, yeah. I didn't know that, too. But uh, I think it's good that you were open to, you know, and even during the marriage, you weren't like, oh, well, it's several girls' trips, so <laughs> it's only going to be one per year, you know, that type of thing. You're just right. like, I mean, I don't go on all of them, but I try to make as, ma as many as I can. Mm -hmm. um, and you're always like, okay, cool, I got it. You're good. Yeah, I think it's important to... Um, not stop your spouse from, you know, doing those kind of things. Mm -hmm. I think it's important for your spouse to have friends. Yes. For them to be able to communicate, you know. Because um, I know I know people that say, you know, hey, my spouse doesn't really have a clique or anybody that they roll with, so it, all their energy is now put on me. Right. And I would like it if they were able to move some of their energy, you know, to a different person or let's say circle right so you know i think those things are important and then for me i also want the freedom to be able to, <laughs> to do your own thing do my own thing as well go watch you your know. battle raps it's funny <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna put lifetime on <laughs> right so you know i want to be able to like have that freedom to say you know what i'm gonna go let's say see my my brother mm -hmm. that lives in west virginia or i want to go visit a friend that might be in new york you know without it being like an issue. Right. And obviously it has to make sense because I wouldn't want you to be overwhelmed with, 
you know, the children and stuff right. like that. But I think those things are very important. Agreed. You know? That's where we're, we've always been on the same page with that, always. Definitely. Have we talked about um, business and motherhood, like how you juggling both? Um, no, I feel like we touched on it a little bit. A little bit, bit. mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I'm doing a good job of juggling both. I feel like always one, you know, depending on the season of our lives, one is shortchanged versus the other. If the boys need me, then the business, I, I got to scale back. Mm -hmm. um, if the business really needs me because, you know, there's a huge project we're working on or whatever, then the boys suffer a little bit. Um, but I think that's where having a support system is important. Um, so during the pandemic, even t up until last year, we couldn't really, we didn't really have anyone that was, you know, with us. It was just four yeah. of us. And so I think there were times when I'm like, okay, babe, we got to go to Dallas and, you know, maybe work from there for a few days so your mm. parents can help us right. um, while we work. Because your parents are in Nigeria. My parents are in Nigeria. Mm -hmm. uh, so that your parents can help us while we work. And then we'll spend maybe like a week there and then come back. I mean, I think last year was the most we've been to Dallas ever. Ever, yeah. <laughs> Even plus your time that you've been in Houston and going right. back. Like usually we go to Dallas like twice a year, maybe three times a year. Uh, but we went to Dallas a lot last year. So figuring out what works, man. Like figuring out used, how do I utilize my support system. I know like if my mom was here, um, it would make life easier and, and hopefully she you know she'll be able to come soon um but okay she's not here what can you do and how can we still make it work you know yeah so this has been good it feels like a red table talk i know, know. <laughs> this is good would you do any more of these in the future if um, i said hey you know i would like you to be a part of it sure i mean if you don't sound enthusiastic I mean, if people want to hear what I got to say and what we have to say together, right. for sure, I, I would be open to sharing. I love it. I love it. I thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. Because I know you were supposed to be on last week, but um, some things happened personally. Yep. You know, but you're here now. Yes. And I, I love that fact. I think it's going to be a good episode that a lot of people are going to get some value out of. Mm -hmm. You know, so I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank y'all for tuning in to A Figure Focus, and until next week, 